Hello, and welcome to another episode of For Whom the Bell Saves. I'm Brian. I'm Leslie. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Good. Um, for this episode, we also have a special guest, my brother, Ethan. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Just, you know, pretty good. Okay. <laughs> um, so I want to go over a couple things before we get into the episode. Ethan, can you uh, tell us a little bit about your experience watching Save of the Bell uh, as a child and uh, just your general perceptions about the show? Sure. And remember, audience, they grew up together. Yeah, um, so I remember being uh, probably middle school, junior high, I don't know, maybe like fifth to eighth grade or something, coming home from school, and we were able to watch like four or five consecutive episodes of Saved by the Bell mm-hmm. every single day. So you could really rip through the whole series over and over again, and we did, just by coming home and, you know, throwing some some bell on the box. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, uh, one thing that Leslie and I talked about a couple episodes ago was, uh, you know, I, I had mentioned that I took it so seriously when I was a kid, and I was like, you know, nine, ten when I was watching it. You're a little bit older than me, you're four years older than me. Did you watch it with a sense of sarcasm and irony, or did you watch it seriously? Neither. I watched it... <laughs> I, 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 I've thought about this a lot. I, 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 when I watched that show... I would time would just pass, and I think I was just uh, sort of hypnotized by the the bright colors and the the color scheme is incredible on yeah, the show. Like it's, it's yeah. the whole show is just sort of eye candy. I mean, all the people are very attractive and the colors are bright, and it's it's sort of some more attractive to look than at. others. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, like, can we talk about AC Slater? But, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember I remember realizing that I had watched two hours of the show. And not laughed out loud once, or that sometimes I couldn't remember what the episode was even about. <laughs> My attention span was just like it went to fucking zero. <laughs> so I I can't really say I took it seriously or whatever, whatever the other option was. I think that's really interesting because my brain is like on overload when I watched this show. Like as an adult, it's like just being bombarded with the most insane information to the point where I can't process any of it that's because you're a thoughtful adult <laughs> and we were we were childlike assholes <laughs> but even even still like the thing that the thing that amazes me is that we go through these episodes these podcasts are end up being twice as long as the episodes themselves there's a and lot to unpack there, there is there's actually like a, a significant amount of detail in every single scene that i mean i think that's part of the appeal of watching it as a child is that I mean, we, can, we we as adults who can be thoughtful cannot process what's happening. Mm-mm. And as children, we probably only pick up on a fraction of what we pick up on now. So, of course, we wanted to watch it over and over again. I mean, is it like the same part of a child's brain that can just like absorb language at like crazy rates that adults can't, you know? They can no, just... it's not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's, it's also amazing at, for us at this age because we can understand things in a sort of socially enlightened way when the, i mean this is the this is the fucking most offensive show it's like, so offensive it's so misogynistic it's so like condescending and patronizing to women and minorities and it's like there's so, a lot it's, of it's, sexual assault that's happened so far yeah like in every single episode there's yeah. sexual assault now sexual assault there's sort of implied violence there's like, there's like lots of really dark shit that's yeah going on oh in the show. yeah and yep. it's it's all wrapped in a hot pink uh, <laughs> you know, plastic wrapper. Yeah, shades of colors I didn't even know existed. Not before. to mention the fact that the producers and writers of the show are making these children act out their, like, fantasies or whatever. Let us not forget that these are children yes. in real life. These were real children. Every time I start to really just be super disgusted with with uh, with Dustin Diamond, I have to remember he was a child. Yeah. He was a child, and, like, he was they turned him into a monster which i think is a good segue into uh the book yes so (laughs) book that dustin diamond wrote um i have purchased it for 99 cents um and i wanted to read the first line of the book because i think it's one of the greatest first sentences i've ever seen in a book the first sentence is i killed the smurfs It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> Call me Ishmael. I, <laughs> I killed, killed the Smurfs. Smurfs. <laughs> uh, he's specifically talking about how he, in his in his belief, Saved by the Bell, um, introduced on Saturday mornings, was what killed Saturday morning cartoons. 
I mean, I don't why know. Why does if that's it have a to be a competition? <laughs> Everything's such a blood sport for him. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's later on that he says, when I landed the role of Screech in Good Morning, Miss Bliss, the embassy pilot that would become Saved by the Bell, I was an 11-year-old playing an 8th grader. I auditioned six times for Good Morning, Miss Bliss, finally getting the part of Screech. After I was chosen, I met a bunch of executives at NBC, including the vice president of children's programming, Linda Mancuso. Linda had always been there through all of the callbacks, just another suit of the room, but I finally noticed her, parentheses, I mean, noticed her, noticed her, at our first table reading. That first day was a whirlwind... Really exciting. Yeah, that I, I, have you guys talked about what, what does he, he says mean about by her? Noticed her, noticed her. Like he, like he wanted he hit, to. Did he hit puberty at that moment when he noticed her finally? It is. I, I have. I have not read the the full book, but I have. Um, I have read via the internet uh, that he goes on to later claim that he and her uh, did in fact have a sexual relationship. Mm. She noticed him, noticed him also in that read-through. It was it was also really kind of screwed up when this happened because she had just died, so there was nothing that she could do to refute the story that he had just said in this book, um, which is why he's just such a lovable he character. He said he slept with a lot of dead people in his time. I mean, uh, oh, who really believes him anymore? I'm saving the appendix for later. It's glorious. So that's behind the bell. The, the, ba- the behind the bell that we'll cover today. Uh, the first sentence is enough. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week to reveal another sentence. <laughs> Tune in every week for one sentence of this book. All right, so the episode we're going to watch, it's episode six. It's called Aloha Slater. Is this the first Slater episode? Oh, thank God. This is, this is really the first Slater-centric episode. Have, are we going to find out what uh, AC Like, I name? know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a secret. I know that AC is an acronym for something. <laughs> that's not a spoiler. <laughs> Um, I'm so excited. It's been a long time. I'm so excited to get back. All right, let's do this. Episode six, coming up. Woo! All right, so we just finished watching episode six, Aloha Slater. Uh, let's start with you, Leslie. Uh, what did you think? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't start with me. I'm still pretty overwhelmed. Okay. This uh, experience. Ethan, what are your first well, thoughts? I was just saying over during the break that the fourth line of my notes here is Belding is fucking gross. And that's, <laughs> in all caps, he's a fucking disgusting human being. So, sure you so. Work. It feels like a lifetime ago. I can't even remember the first. Scene. Yeah. So Zach shows up uh, in a in a wildly unzipped tracksuit uh-huh. and is showing off his, his uh, third place medal from the cross country meet. Then uh, Slater shows up. Every while the, the the ladies are all very impressed with the medal. Slater shows up with his uh, state champion wrestling trophy. <laughs> you know, of course, wearing a singlet, mm-hmm. yeah, looking fly, looking and like a like an, a young Apollo, you yeah, know, looking like he's holding carved. his gigantic trophy aloft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's there's a fair amount of celebration of Slater and uh, Zach gets sort of left by the bayside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I see what you did That's a tremendously terrible joke. Okay, so <laughs> so then uh, Belding wants to. Uh, he sort of has a little ceremony, and so Belding is very pleased to have um, have a champion in his midst. And he, what is it he said about like it's the our first champion of anything? Or so he some makes some so weird <laughs> self-deprecating remark about Bayside High, and then he asks Slater to show him the his double jointed torso stretcher. Yes. Oh my god. Um, so I'll just let you go. Just take off on that. Okay. So I the the I have a, so the the first question I have for y'all is: Do you think Belding overheard Kelly asking Slater if he wanted to wrestle, and Belding decided to one up him? By saying, I want you to wrestle me right now. <laughs> do, you th- uh, do you think that that question had anything to do with him being a competitive wrestler? Or do you think he just was just saying that because that's what he wanted from Slater? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what building wants. <laughs> I read about that on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's a couple things I noticed in that scene that I wanted to point out. Uh, the first is... The trophy case where the only trophy that has ever been won based on history is going in is in place of a set of lockers that's in that place in every single episode before and after this episode. Um, so what I, I don't know what happened to the trophy, but 
there it, it's gone. Um, <laughs> this is just an incredibly cheaply made show. So, <laughs> so like nothing is permanent. It, it lacks like, all permanence. Right. So there's like a part where they're in in the classroom. They they, they have like one classroom set that they just redecorate the walls with different posters. To sh- Sometimes they they switch the desks around to to give it some oh, really? illusion oh. of uh, mm. difference. Um, there's one. There were there were just two posters in the room. One of a portrait of William Shakespeare and one of a of Macbeth. <laughs> and so clearly that's the English room, but it's just—it's so patently obvious they have a classroom set, and they're just going to recycle that with a with terrible uh, amateurish set dressing to uh, whatever change the context. Then afterwards, uh, AC Slater's dad walks in. Uh, he's a major in the army. Yeah, just a strange man in an army uniform, just wandering into a school. Nobody stops him. Just like yeah, that's. Some guy. Pre-9-11. <laughs> Some guy who, you know, just like throws Everything fake changed. grenades around <laughs> like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene is uh, Slater's dad going to talk to Mr. Belding um, and screeches in the file cabinet to overhear the ongoings. Um, and that's, the, that's kind of the first time in the episode that there's a real sort of Looney Tunes moment <laughs> of, like, a, a character stuffed in a drawer. <laughs> no, but before that, wasn't there the light bulb? Oh, yes, the light before? bulb. That oh, was light pretty bulb. Yeah. Looney Tunes. Wow. The, the light bulb over Zack's head, and his idea is to stuff Screech in a drawer. I guess I should have known that an idea light bulb was coming at some point in the show. Like, I should have been expecting it more. Did you, did you notice that the, that the, the, the quality of the, the light bulb graphic was so poor... That it's it's like, like a cartoon. I mean, they weren't going to do CGI for something like that. It reminded me of, like, Microsoft Office clip art. For yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah, like, the little, like, running guy in a business suit has, like, a little... He's, like, got a briefcase in one hand and a light bulb's going off over his head. That clip art guy. Are we yeah. talking about screen beans right now? <laughs> I don't know. Is that <laughs> what they're called? You guys remember screen beans? Screen? <laughs> I remember Clippy. Oh, Clippy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clippy was just... Fucking horrible. I would. I prefer Clippy though to Screech in any way. <laughs> um, so then the reveal of the of the drama of the episode is that uh, Slater's dad gets an offer to transfer to Hawaii, and um, that he wants to take Slater out of school and move him again um, after having moved him from like fourteen different schools in the past three years, including Iceland. Yeah, we learned that he lived in Iceland for a while. Yeah. Do we know anything about AC Slater's? ambiguous heritage like what, what he is uh, ethnically we know nothing about that um i mean i mean i could i would i would believe that he might be a little bit of a pacific islander <laughs> perhaps am i being really racist <laughs> am i following my brother's super racist footsteps right now <laughs> thanks brother um we, well, no, when you said we in the can last edit. episode, I don't like black people, <laughs> you said those words. Wait, you didn't cut that out? <laughs> no, you did not cut that out. You said the words, I don't like black people. Bad and editor. now I'm saying, he looks like he might be a Pacific Islander. <laughs> That's way less offensive than I hate black people. Wait, oh, you said I don't like black people. Now you hate black people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Okay. So, uh, one of the things that we learn during the, the scene in Belding's office with him and, and Slater's dad is, uh, Belding says that he, uh, fought in the National Guard, um, during Vietnam as opposed to being in the army. He, in a previous episode, we got part of his supposed backstory that he was, that he did fight in Vietnam and that he fell in love with an enemy, like, a a woman from the Viet Cong. Indeed. I don't think he said the words Viet Cong. But oh, I thought you said you. I don't think he said the word woman. <laughs> he didn't say the word woman. Oh no. I don't know. Maybe was he, he doing say double jointed torso Maybe he stretches? Did it. Yeah, he was doing stretches. <laughs> Have you seen the Saigon One version of the, torso. of the double jointed torso stretch? Oh my god. Because it is tingly. <laughs> oh. It's like a ping pong <laughs> show or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Like chicken's beaks involved. <laughs> That's racist. No, he's racist. Um, Belding is racist. He, maybe not. I mean, he's not the, racist, but he lied about fighting in fucking Vietnam, and he lied about you know falling in love with a member of the Viet Cong. And now, because he's saying he was maybe actually you know shooting people at what was it Penn State? <laughs> yeah, Indiana. He was in Indiana. Indiana with yeah. the. The protesters that got shot. 
Oh, Kent State. Uh, Kent, Kent State. State. That's in Ohio. Kent State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was one of the. He was one of the guys at Kent State. <laughs> he was not in Vietnam. <laughs> so this is still a Saved by the Bell podcast, right? <laughs> We're not, we're, we're not going to go into, like, Neil Young's catalog of four <laughs> dead in Ohio. The and point that. is that Belding, Belding is lying about who he is. He's lying about who he is. And yeah, but I mean, like, I'm pretty sure A.C. Slater's person. not Samoan. <laughs> he could be Tongan. <laughs> what the fuck? Maybe, uh, maybe he's from the Federated States, States of, of Micronesia. Micronesia. I knew it. Oh, my God. I knew it. For God's sake. Where is Malaysia Flight 570? <laughs> it's 370, you asshole. It's 370? Well, where's 570? <laughs> Maybe that's a clue. Uh, uh, Slater is called at the office, and he has the conversation with his dad about moving to Hawaii. Screech remains in the file cabinet the whole time. Yeah, or at least his head does. It just, he's kind of like a, just a decapitated Where did his body go? In the, in the top drawer of the... Who's to say he ever had a body to begin with? He's just, ugh. I hate, ugh, Screech, yeah. Well, He's lurking in the file cabinet, his ghostly head rising out of it. and like, H for being slimy. Yeah, and just, <laughs> and then his hand comes out at one point and hands him the folder. I mean. Totally Looney Tunes. Yeah, it was, that scene was like, what, because what were they, what was the conversation that they were having? Belding was trying to talk uh, Slater's dad into letting Slater stay. Right. Because Slater had had a home there and he had friends and he was popular with the girls and he was a star wrestler and he was basically trying to avoid losing his star athlete. Because <laughs> Belding's a fucking real prince. And he's, he's where is his people. administration as a principal? He doesn't have a secretary? He, there's Is there a vice principal? Like, who are all the other people that work at this school? Is it just him and the teachers? Him and the him many and one, teachers. One teacher at a time. Yeah. yeah, him and one teacher at a time. Like No wonder they haven't won anything. There's no consistency. Yeah, there's no coaches there. <laughs> there's no framework to this school. <laughs> also, there's some really terrible set dressing in uh, Building's office. There's one, I don't know if you guys noticed this, there's one completely gigantic unkempt plant in the corner that's just like <laughs> all over the place back there. <laughs> and then by the by the front door, I guess this is this is more noticeable, uh, and not to jump around, but Jesse visits Mr. Bowling a, a little bit later, and it's just them in the room. And uh, there's a giant out-of-control plant in one corner, and there's a coat rack by the door, and on the coat rack appears to be just hanging a sheet. It's not a coat. It's not anything. It's just a big piece of cloth hanging on the coat rack. These are like little details that must have you know significance to his character if they're gonna bother. Or maybe they just like okay, we have a coat rack. We have to hang something on the coat rack. We don't have a coat around anywhere. Right. Yeah. Just grab. I don't care. Just grab something. Put that tarp on it. Yeah. Put like, a tarp. <laughs> <in here. laughs> So Slater reveals that he's a little conflicted about whether he wants to move to Hawaii because he likes his, his present environment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some amazing scene transitions with this very serious music. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. And, um, so the, the next scene is, is, is Zach and Screech going into the bathroom. Um, and Screech walks oh. in on, like, you know, all curled up on the ground and, and why? Why was he doing that? Be, they they explained it. They said he spent too much time in the drawer, and he's he's all crunched up. Oh my because... god! And honestly, when when I watched this, when I watched the the scene before, and I was like, okay, obviously he wouldn't be able to fit in the file cabinet. Like the drawers that are fake. Like his whole body is in the file cabinet. But then when he walks <laughs> in, some of that movie magic I've read about. <laughs> CGI was great in the late eighties. But when he walks into the bathroom all crum- crumpled up like that, I actually believe that he could have fit in that drawer. Because he was so tiny, just like... Because he was like 11 years old. Like, a, yeah, like a fetus. Like, he's just just a fetus crawling into this bathroom. It's This, this show's like David Lynch. <sighs> anyway, Screech crawls in like... like- Something out of a primordial ocean. <laughs> and the scene continues to do. Uh, what? What are they even talking about? They're like, yeah. They they just he he he, he kind of gives him the down low about what happened in the in the conversation that Slater's dad wants to move him out of the school, and they are trying to discuss what the next action item is. Yeah, because that's like, where there they has ha- to be an action item. <laughs> that's where they hatch the plan. Where they decide that they're going to tell everyone that he's sick, 
Yeah. So, well... I feel like it's the third or fourth scheme, even at this early point in the episode. There's so many schemes already. It is. I mean, they they scheme against Slater's dad. They they put uh, Screech in the file cabinet, and then yeah. they tell everybody that he's dead, or he's yeah. dying. This is a super manipulative episode. I feel like there there's not as much manipulation in other episodes as there is in this one. Because Zack is in, in, manipulating people, and he's he's got Screech involved, and then fucking Slater's manipulating people like crazy. It's... I don't know. It's like a really terrible episode of House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, and actually, the the weird thing about the scheme itself is that Zach does not know what to do, and uh, Screech says some line about I can't remember exactly what he says, but he says something that involves the word like death or dying, and all of a sudden that just immediately pops into his head. Oh, I'm going to tell everybody that Slater is dying. Yeah. And that will, and then make the, solve everyone's problem. But it's not, it's not even just the. I'm gonna tell people Slater is dying. It's that I'm gonna tell people Slater is dying, and then convince them that he's dying, and then convince them to treat him like dirt, so he has to go away to right. Hawaii to get treated. Like it's, it's so a, many levels. He did this deception, in yeah. literally one second. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a sociopath. <laughs> they all are. Yeah, but I mean this this. In particular, I think is, we need to diagnose all of these kids. Like throughout, this will be like a, a process of diagnosis. Like we have, we just did. Yeah, so he's a sociopath. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear because of, I mean, the talking to the camera thing. Oh, I don't man, know. Screech is obviously yeah. autistic. Oh, uh, Lisa, Lisa's fucking bulimic. Like she's wait, really? She's totally bulimic. There's an episode, it's, uh, like two episodes ago, she was overeating to compensate for. She was like, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm really nervous and stressed out. So she was like eating just like tons and tons, and then she was like, oh, I'm so nervous, I'm throwing up. So she was just like binging and then throwing up like throughout the whole episode. Yep. It was fucking insane. And oh my god, um, how great would it be if the, someone made like if like there was like. <laughs> Like a Christopher Nolan reboot of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> where everything was just as dark as it's fucking supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Get Hans Zimmer on that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think we talked one time about how just like taking these plot lines, like these micro plot lines, and then like just like slightly rephrasing them and like saying them in a serious voice, it could be like the darkest, weirdest movie ever for like a lot yeah. of this insane things that they do if you take out all the really bright lights and the neon colors and, <laughs> yeah like yeah make it happen in seattle or like a rain some rainy yeah, place yeah it's like a very different with like story. a like a yeah. green lens yeah. you know so like david fincher thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like flickering lights in the ceiling <laughs> which apparently this school is resource deprived so i'm surprised that it's not actually part of it anyway mm. so zach hatches this plan in literally less than a second uh, to to tell everybody he's dying. So the next scene is him telling all the girls that in fact Slater is dying um, of a condition that is called. I wrote it down. Mambio quadrilation isis. Mambio quadrilation isis. Mambio. Do we, do we have a definition of that prefix? Mambio. Mambio. <laughs> but what is what is quadrilation? Quadrilation itis. I think it was osis. 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 Isis. Mambia. Yeah, quadrilation osis. Look, guys, I don't speak Latin. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> My favorite part, though, is that, in, like, so he explains that he has this condition, and that the, 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 the first symptoms of it are, like, sneezing, uh, being itchy, memory loss. Mm. And then, after he's asked a question about the condition... He says, well, with Mambio, whatever, A, he forgets yeah. what it's called, so maybe he does have it. Yeah. B, he becomes the most uncredible storyteller ever. Yeah. Like, he has this amazing plan, but he can't execute on it. The unreliable narrator. Yeah. Indeed. And, like, these, these people just believe, like, I, like the, the writing is so lazy. Like, there's no reason for him to forget what it, the name of the thing is. Like... They're gonna believe the story, so just have them remember the name of the condition. Like, what is wrong with these writers? I don't know. This is. I don't know. Uh, you're, you're just, you need to. <laughs> just, it's not necessary. Wow. We're on a soapbox, guys. <laughs> guys. Help me. Help me understand this. Okay. Do we do we know how he how he contracted this? 
Yeah. Yeah, they don't talk about if it's contagious. Wait, do they ask if it's contagious? Because that they would be like... They don't that ask... That would be any normal they, they teenager's first question. be like, wait, can I catch it? They don't ask any seats. of the questions that would be relevant. Did he get it from the wrestling meet? Yeah. yeah. Is it like a staph infection? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Did he get it from... From having his torso stretched? Did he get it from any of the... Double-jointed torso stretch? Did he get it from any of the crazy lay he got in whichever international country he's been in the last three years? Like, from his Iceland. Icelandic... Chicks or Those his flexible Germans are filthy. So they they buy the 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 girls buy into this notion that that he actually is dying. Jesse then goes into Bedling's office to to talk to him about this. Now, if I was a student and I walked into the principal's office and I said, "Hey, did you meet with my friend's dad yesterday?" Yeah. What do you think the principal should say? You'd be like, "Get out of my office." None of your goddamn Why did my business. secretary exactly let you? None in of here? your goddamn business is what I would say. And he would probably be at less of a chance of getting fired for saying the actual sentence, none of your goddamn business, than saying, yes, I did. So Jesse then is like, okay, well, uh, I, I, didn't think I, was, I didn't think that was true, but, uh, you know, how, how much longer does he have? I think she said something about him being with us. Like, how, how much longer is he, is he going to be with us? It's, yeah. not, it's something like that. Yeah. And building misunderstands to think that he, she means how long is he going to be at the school. Right. And she thinks he, he there, she thinks they're talking about his yeah. life, the rest of his life. Right. So who's on first? Yeah. Nice. And so this is just classic. <laughs> this, is classic. Just com- this is like capital C comedy. <laughs> so the next scene is when they go into the classroom, and this is the surreal classroom yeah. scene of the episode. Jesse has explained to the girls that she believes the story. Um, and Slater walks into the classroom. Zach tries to set the stage by asking him why he didn't meet him in the weight room. Slater has no idea what he's talking about, but he's trying to create the sense that he has lost his memory, uh, yeah. which causes Lisa to bawl. Right. And then Screech comes in with a bottle of ants. <laughs> a bottle of ants. And a pepper canister. Pour some pepper on his arm and gives Zach the, the bottle of ants. It's, it's a, so elaborate. Like, well, he pours the pepper on Zach's arm. He pours the pepper on Zach's arm. Then uh, the teacher walks in, says, pr- pronounces to the crowd, this is study hall. Yeah. Um, and then exposition, everybody. <laughs> study hall. <laughs> Welcome to study hall. So then the... As the as as the as it gets quiet, uh, Zach asks Slater for a pencil. That gives him the opportunity to put the pepper in his face, and he starts sneezing. Then uh, he takes the bottle of ants and pours it on Slater's back, and he starts like dancing. Itching. He could have had a real histamine reaction to that. He could have been allergic. Also, like what kind of ants? I mean, like fire ants. That's awful. It's an awful thing to do to somebody. Wouldn't it be really terrible if he actually got Mambio quadrilateral <laughs> from those hands? And then the dancing, the dan- the the itchy, the itchy dance that he does, which brings like, into play probably one of my favorite quotes of the show so far. This is study hall. This isn't Soul Train. Yeah, I still I maintain that it's really weird for the show to make any pop culture references because it's just. It exists in a vacuum. It exists outside of the real life. It's not. Yeah. I don't know. Like, tr- like injecting a little bit of s- allusion to anything that is understood to be real is bizarre. Like, why not just keep it a cartoon? For some reason, they they feel the the sense that they have to ground it in reality somehow. I that think these are relatable characters. They're but, not. They're all goddamn assholes. They're like the worst. Well, I, I, I think that's, this might be like what makes it like because that's definitely more of like a young adult target audience thing to make like these goofy, stupid pop culture references. And I, I mean, I think I think that's that's the other thing too, and and probably why the show was so like legitimately dangerous was that when, <laughs> with with Saturday morning cartoons, you know, you watch you watch a character in a universe that you know doesn't exist do heroic things or whatever, and that's fine. <laughs> when, you, when you watch something like this, you have real characters, or like real people, in this fantasy universe that could never exist, but because there's some like relation to reality, people are who are of that age can identify with these characters, and that's why, like the, a couple episodes ago, we talked about when I was a kid, when, when there's no reason for... Uh, for kids to have crushes on each other, like they they manufactured it 
as like a plot point for their lives. I think this was really screwing with the way that like kids grew up. Really? Like you think that, yeah, no, didn't we talk about that one time? Like I asked you if like in social situations did, um, did kids like American kids like ape the situations that were on this show. Absolutely. I just can't even imagine, like, for the kids that didn't see the show, they were existing in this world where, like, other kids were aping these insane schemes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really just think that the show had way more of an impact on our generation than it should ever have had. Well, okay, so what, what would be a show that would be comparable to this now? Like, what, what is intended for the same audience now that this was intended for at the time? I don't think there's anything like it. I mean, it would just be all the, like, the Disney Channel shows. Like, like, like iCarly's kind of and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess... Everything from, like, Lizzie McGuire on is kind of like... Or, like, like would, would, like, Hannah Montana have been for this, this set? I, I mean, I know it's been on for a long time, but what about, what about Degrassi? Like, is there... <laughs> I mean, I, Degrassi, no, Degrassi is like the exact same target audience, but just so wildly different. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm trying to figure out how to explain the difference between a show like this and a show like Degrassi, because Degrassi is sensationalistic, but in a much more realistic way, I guess. You could get shot at school. You could have drug problems. You could get raped. Like, those are, those are real problems that happen to real people. They're not yeah. very much fun. Here, you have... Yeah, wait, they're, they're not very, they much, are very fun. much fun. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> I disagree. I think Degrassi's very fun, for the record. I really thought you were going to say hey, rape is a lot of fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. I really thought that was happening. This is... We're getting some good sound bites out of this one. <laughs> this is the last thing I'll say about this. You know, with, with shows that are on today, I feel like in, in 1989 or 1990 or whenever we watched the show, we didn't have things like the internet to distract us. This is, this is like the thing we had to focus on. Like, we put 100% of our focus into the show. I don't think any child today... Jesus. I don't know if we put 100% of our focus into Saved by the Bell. You didn't even know what... Like, I think you did. I think you were so focused on it that you can't even remember what it was about. That's true. That's what. That's exactly how I feel right now when you're like, okay, what happened next, Leslie? I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking remember what happened next. This show was so insane. Yeah. It's it's just completely like overstimulating. Saying, and like, it's totally random. Like, the, like, what you're saying before is that it's just like one thing doesn't necessarily logically lead into the next no it's just like it's one chaos. thing happens and then another fucking thing happens yeah. and then some other thing happens and it's just a like a fucking bombardment yeah it's like a smorgasbord of just plot points that sort of soup together and yeah, yeah. i mean I'm, I'm just like surprised this show was even written by adults because it seems like the sort of like bonker shit that just like a child would write like a child that like had no reason to connect yeah, it's anything like a, to itself. what's that like, show with that the kid is it was axe cop like the yeah 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 it's, yeah. Like, it's like that it's like, like axe cop <laughs> it's like that with, with like relationships of high school students <laughs> and he has a crush on her so he tells her that he's gonna die <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's... Perfect. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so then we get to the scene where they actually start being uh, dicks to Slater. Um, so the first part is uh, he walks down the stairs, Jesse's there, she says, why are you talking to me? Out of nowhere. She says, fuck you, Slater. <laughs> <laughs> like, she says, I'm going to break down some second wave feminism for your ass. <laughs> She's just super rude, doesn't give him the time of day. Lisa comes in, calls him a jock. Like, these people have been his friend, and they're just saying mean things to him without any context. They're just being hurtful. Yeah, they're just just providing pain. Which, like, absolutely, children did that. Children definitely did that. Is is this the most realistic scene in the show? Maybe. God, it's depressing. (laughs) Um, And then... uh, he really he looks over at the trophy case and realizes that his trophy's gone. Oh, also, I want to mention this little tidbit. So, it's so weird that I read that line and then in the bathroom scene, he actually said, "Paint me blue and call me a Smurf." Yeah. That was crazy. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, man, and just all of his his physicality in that scene is really upsetting. The the this to go back to the scene where they're in the bathroom. Yeah. And he's and he's, he's all crunched crawling. from being in the drawer. Yeah. And he's like crawling and kind of like flailing and he falls over and he has that little 
like what you the see cockroach, cockroach thing. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It's just and, and he he gets worse in this episode from there. I find him unbearable. Like I really really do. I don't know. It's stressful. <sighs> yeah, he really stresses me out. Every scene that he's in is stressful. I I feel like a lot of the later episodes when he when he looks a little bit more like a normal person and he has the deeper voice, like he's at least a little bit more tolerable because he at least can feign the appearance of being like a more normal person. Yeah. But right now he's just a fucking freak. He's he's in the story. Freaky. He's real freaky. Like he, they were just really carefully dehumanizing him for a very long time, and like no, this, this, no wonder, you know, Dustin Diamonds. The thing that just boggles my mind is that, especially if I mean, if what he says is true in his book, which it may or it probably isn't, but if he did in fact have to pass six auditions. He had to pass six auditions to do this? To crawl yeah. around on the ground? He was like the a fucking best cockroach? that they could find. I like to think they just shot at his feet and made him dance. Where are his parents? I want to interview his versus parents. Versus family, yeah. What I think is super interesting about the characters is that I feel like a lot of the characters, well, I guess the male characters in the show, are all, they all sort of seem like proto-predators. Like they're, like, uh, Zack is super manipulative. Like he's gonna... He's gonna talk some people into some stuff they don't want to do later on. Daisy <laughs> Slater's kind of date rapey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belding is like he seems like maybe he's like a peeping tom or something. But like whatever, <laughs> like, I like see that. they're all creepers. They're all like going to be creepers Absolutely. later in life. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's really the most upsetting to me is that those are just characters. Like those are Mario Lopez and Dennis Haskins and Mark Paul Gosler are all fine people. They're probably great. But the thing about Screech is that it's like. I don't really know if Screech is going to be a creeper, but watching him as a child actor is like watching a person who's going to turn into a predator. Yeah. Like, yeah. He looks like a person, the child version yeah. of a grown-up sexual predator. Like, he, yeah. he's, a, he's a little nightmare ball. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> a little nightmare ball. I just want to say that I think oh. Belding may be like a flasher. I feel like Belding could be a flasher. Oh, yeah. yeah. I could see him being the kind of guy who like, like jerks off in front of people. Yeah, like jerks off on public transportation or yeah. like at the bus stop. In front yeah. of Scrooge. The <laughs> look on your face is like, oh yeah, that's exactly that guy, what, yeah. He's the guy who jerks off. The guy on the train that just like maybe takes out his penis and like bumps into people with it. Like you know that guy. <laughs> oh like, on the line. Me. He's like, <laughs> yeah. like rests it on top of their head. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gently Roman helmet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Helmet guys, is that what that's called? Just like a little, like a little <laughs> helmet. Yeah, guy. I get the image. <laughs> <laughs> it's a video podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Trojan helmet's probably a good urban dictionary search to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, and then he goes over to the table. To tell everybody that he's going to Hawaii. Then Kelly, after like refusing to 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 go to the beach with him, within seconds, just decides that not not only is she gonna is she gonna support Slater, but she's gonna move to Hawaii with him. Oh yeah, she just like makes that unilateral <laughs> decision that she's like, oh, I'm Doesn't moving, talk to my parents. I'm moving with you. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna ask my parents if I can move to Hawaii with a boy that I've only known for six episodes. And just and live with him and take care of him as he dies. She's supposed to be 15? 16? Yeah, 15. she's 15. 15. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right. Um, the next scene, they... Uh, Is he really okay with it? He's well, like, they're, they're, they, they talk about it in the next scene, and he's like, well, are you sure you want to do that? And she's like, well, I care about you. I want you to be okay. And he's like, oh, God, I'm not ready for this. I have to talk her out of it. <laughs> Well, and he says, I, I'm going to come with you and I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. She said, and he says, but take care of me. I don't need you to take care of me. <laughs> and then she, you know, says, Zach told me everything. And he says, what exactly did Zach oh. tell you? Oh. So then, so then Slater uh, decides that he's going he's gonna to fuck with everybody. So he, the first thing he does is he goes uh, to see Zach in the bathroom. And he tells him, I need you to just talk to my dad. He doesn't change his mind. But maybe because you're so... Persuasive. Yeah, is the way he he's like, yeah, it. he's like, you're so good at changing people's minds. But he tells him, he convinces him to uh, go talk to his father, and he does this thing where he puts his hands together in a T and says, "Time out." 
Oh my god, I forgot about this part. Um, and so first of all, Leslie, I want you to... This is la- this is a landmark. I want you to explain what your thinking is about, about this scene and how it relates to the universe as a whole. Well, he can control time now. Like, he could always control the camera and, like, the... The narrative and like his own like definition of reality you know <laughs> and now he can stop time he's a time lord <laughs> i mean obviously like he has you know it's weird because he seems to have utter control of the physics in this universe and yet he lets all of these unpleasant things happen to him like he lets other people so when people are finding out or like finding out that you know, he's tricking everybody, he's letting them find out that he is tricking everybody. Like, he's just, like, toying with them on this ultimate level, because really, like, I mean, he could... He's omniscient. He can do whatever he wants. I think that that's sort of true, but I think that he he truly believes that his plans are all going to work out perfectly, and that's why he it may seem like he's letting bad things happen to himself, is because he just thinks it's gonna... It's all gonna pan out. But here's a, here's he a, here's his, a... his plans are so foolproof. <laughs> They're gonna just fucking. He's killing it. Okay. <laughs> but my here's my, here's my question. So in like the the example I'll use is in the episode where um, the Zach Morris phone is revealed and uh, his his Big his, his teacher um, terrible testimony comes in as the plumber the Luigi reference. Oh yeah. And he knows he's about to get found out. Why wouldn't he just stop time, as he clearly can, and leave the room? Yeah. There are a lot of times when stopping time would be convenient for him in his situation. Well, okay. We've only seen him stop time once. <laughs> it, that may not be the last time we see that. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's just the one-time device. But he didn't do anything while time was stopped except for have a dialogue with the, with the fourth wall. That's true. And so he didn't he do didn't, anything to help the situation. He, he just needed to talk something out. Well, he didn't even do anything to change the situation. He just had Slater paused. He trembled like an alcoholic in that. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, but he was just... He trembled like an alcoholic. Trembled like an <laughs> alcoholic. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, but he does do the thing where he, he tries to do like the Three Stooges thing. Like he doesn't, He's not going to actually poke him in the eyes, but he does it in a way like... I could poke you in the eyes. Yeah, I see what you're saying. He's a god. He's just like he's a he's a demigod. Some demon that has like come. He's just visiting our world, you know, for fun, just to come in and like freeze time and like control the camera. So anyway, um, he can stop time. He can control time. He's a time lord. I don't think he can. But uh, all right, (laughs) agree to disagree. But you're wrong. It's fine. But he says time out and then time stops. How is that not controlling time? And he says time in as to cause time to begin again. I think it's all just in his head. Well, okay. So then time starts again. Uh, he agrees to do this. Then he goes over to the, the Slater household. Uh, which which is clearly just Mr. Belding's office. Is it? <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely Mr. Belding's office with a flag on the fucking wall. I'm like... <laughs> 90% sure that's the same room. <laughs> was that a know. joke then that they were like putting up, he was like putting up, was he in the process of putting up the flag? Yeah, they, they were trying, they put up the flags. To, that, that was, that's totally a, a conscious joke what, then about what, the fact that it's just the same set and they're just like, ah, oh, there's a flag on it now. What, yeah. I, what I loved about that is that they were clearly making a patent reference and then they really had to say general patent just yeah. to make sure. Let's go, let's go just like minute by minute with this. Leading up to the maybe the best line of the whole episode. Maybe better, I would say better than the Soul Train line. It's so so uh, uh, Slater says, you know, they put they put up the flag. Slater says, um, you know, I want you to scare him like General Patton. And Slater's dad says, I'll make General Patton look like a pansy. But every single time, I thought he was gonna say. I'll make General Patton look like a pussy. <laughs> and, I mean, it, like, the the pronunciation of the P, the, just, like, and he's, like, a, you know, a rugged military dude. I'm gonna play a game with a live grenade P.S. Patton. He looks like a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> he's also waiting for his benefits from the VA hospital again. Like, he has not, he needs help. Oh yeah, and he puts the he puts the bandage on his head yeah. to pretend like he got like 
bombed at a grenade range. He has grenades just lying around. Okay, are they real grenades or are they fake grenades? Because I don't know what would be weirder. Like, it would be weirder even if he had fake grenades lying around. Why would he have fake grenades? (laughs) I think the implication is that they're fake because they don't explode. They never say why they don't explode, do they? Probably because they're fake. Well, yeah, but why does he have fake grenades hanging around in his office? What kind of a military... Because if he didn't, he'd be a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand... Do all military men just have, like, weirdly realistic fake grenades just hanging out in their offices? Uh, probably. I mean, in their obviously. Homes. <laughs> <laughs> just on the yeah. hope that, like, some high schooler's gonna come in that you need to teach an elaborate lesson to. Precisely. <laughs> fake grenades. <laughs> I'll make the principal look like a <laughs> <laughs> That's just good podcasting right there. <laughs> so, after that... After he makes Zach really think that he's going to die. Like, I really think that Zach thinks that he's going to die. Oh, we haven't even talked movie. about the scene. It's like, we haven't even talked about when Zach... Zach hasn't even walked into the scene yet. He just walked into the scene. I made him walk into the scene. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, now you're in charge of the god who controls time. <laughs> what the fuck I, does that make you? I control the time lord. <laughs> Leslie controls the time board. Um, okay, so um, he walks so, in the door. So, and uh, Slater's dad is is very uh, rude and insistent that he, he has, makes Patton look like a pussy. He like a pussy. <laughs> he insists that he has three minutes uh, to explain why he's there. Uh, he says that you know he wants Slater to stay um, and. Slater's dad just basically yells at this 15-year-old child for, for a while. It makes him think that he's suffering from a concussion, right? Or like he has a piece of shrapnel in his skull Yeah, he, su- he suffered a concussion that a, he a got brain from... Concussion. A brain concussion. A brain concussion. Mm. That he got from the, the live grenade range. Yeah, so he has shrapnel in his skull. Hang on, I have to call the base. Base. Like an insane person. That's what shrapnel in the head And then he's video. just like pulling out grenades that Zach thinks are real. I mean, Zach... Seems completely convinced well, that but he's alone in a room with a madman who just pulled the pin. It went a different direction than I thought it was going to because after he does the, the you know, brace, you know, like, he he then goes into this, like, nice guy tone of voice and he's like, hi, buddy. Yeah. How are you? Oh, yeah, that was different, weird. Different and, personalities because that's what shrapnel. Yeah, and, and so he, so then he, like, re-explains, like, I'm Zach Morris. I don't want your son to leave. And then he's like, oh yeah, I remember you. And then he pulls out a fucking grenade, out a grenade. and throws it at Zach. And like, then Zach runs out of the room and like, what? and then yeah, like AC like steps out from like hiding in the curtains or wherever he's been hiding. And he like high fives his dad. Or... They don't have a healthy relationship. Like they are joined together as father and son Spy. Here we go. Oh yeah. boy. <laughs> Torment. Oh, We're down a rabbit hole now. <laughs> Here we go. Please finish this thought. <laughs> oh my fucking god. <laughs> With this, like, you know, death porn on a 15 year old boy. Death porn? Death porn? Yeah. Oh my god. What is. What? What? <laughs> No, I kind of get it, yeah, because it's, like, fake, but but he thinks he's going to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. This is why we're married. Leslie controls the time, Lord. I know all about the death porn. <laughs> How I learned to love death porn. And... <laughs> so then we enter the final scene in which uh, Slater is being memorialized, basically. Yeah. Um, he's Treated like a god. Yeah. They're having a, a, a giant luau at the map. open. Easily the most offensive scene in the show because every single character except for Slater is wearing basically no clothes. Yeah. The producers and director and writers of the show were totally fine with like these like fourteen year old girls Coconut, wearing bikini bras, nothing like grass skirts and yeah hula dancing and yeah. And this is where the like the manipulation is revealed. Um, like they, first of all, they do the weird dance with the jig is up. Uh, Screech being the pineapple princess. 
after the after the the uh, the conga line, Zach comes in with the trophy, tells Slater, you know, hey man, I engraved this for you. <laughs> hey, uh, hey man. Well, no, this is actually this is uh, the, the actual dialogue he uses. Like, just a bro engraving a trophy for another bro. It's not a big yeah. But problem. after he gives him the trophy, his actual do- dialogue is Aloha, pal. Oh like that's that, that was the line he used. You know why? Just because because aloha means both hello, hello and goodbye. goodbye. They they really he knew. <laughs> they really knew how to treat their audience as knowledgeable people. I know. I like that they didn't come out and say that. Like they didn't have them say because it means hello and goodbye. They just said he just said aloha like in a very like pregnant voice. I'm not and convinced that they knew that that meant both hello and goodbye. I think, they, I think they might. <laughs> I be think there were some meaningful stupid. looks that say otherwise in that scene. I well, think they knew that it meant hello and goodbye, and they like to make the the viewers think in the show. They like to give them a chance to figure things out on their own. <laughs> so they didn't just come out and say it means both hello and goodbye. They do the whole reveal with you know like the girls find out that. Slater was lying. It's it's actually just super boring. Like they're like, okay, I'm not. You lied to us. We don't want to talk to you. We don't want to talk to you either. Standard. Then the final scene with Zach and Slater is just awesome. It's just awesome. Like they just want to fuck each other so bad. It's a total yeah. like Maverick Iceman relationship. They it absolutely exact, is. They have the exact same yeah. relationship as Maverick and Iceman. Mm-hmm. Mm. They want to get in those butts. You guys, yeah. I'm gonna be really honest. I've never seen Top Gun. You guys can't hear. I'm glaring at like. <laughs> why yeah, I know the scenes. Do you know why they call Did him Iceman? No, because that's the way he flies. Cold as ice. He never makes mistakes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's Val Kilmer, right? Fuck yeah. Y'all know AKA I love Val Kilmer. Batman. I love, <laughs> I love Val Kilmer. Actually, no. Hold me, I thrill me, kiss me, Val Kilmer. Michael Keaton is Batman. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just that that last bunch of lines where they're talking about you know the line he says that's like there's no one I'd rather beat than you you can he be my wingman yeah oh. Zach says that to Slater this is BDSM yeah. and love um, <laughs> there's no one I'd rather fist S- Slater than refers to himself as the king oh yeah hops up and on that says, throne that body and then they're like fisting yeah I don't want to be the person fisting. that's just like oh yeah it's like everything has like sexual innuendo haha but this like really this really is yeah. that situation. Like, there's so much... Absolutely. ...tension. And then the final thing, which is that Slater says, I have a message from my dad, and pulls out the grenade. Oh my god, yeah, the actual ending. The actual ending where he... Pulls the pin. Counts pulls down, the pin starts on down. a grenade, and then it, like, freeze frames with like, him, like, he, tossing he tosses it. tosses it, yeah, yeah. It's in the air, on its way to Zach. Freeze frame. Oh my god. God. Executive producer Peter Engel. That's yeah. the best. That's the best ending so far. And that's like, the best ending the only, so far. The only thing I can think of was like how you know there are those episodes of It's Always Sunny when it just ends with this horribly dark like there's no way we're yeah. coming back from this kind of ending. Yeah. I like to think that the grenade was live and that they were going to totally. die. Yeah. That was it. And then there's a lot of alternate realities. Start here. over again. Like, can we just talk for one second about how much spit Dustin Diamond has in his mouth while we talk while he's talking? <laughs> it's it's incredible. So I hate point, it. I at, hate at it. One point, oh yeah, it, I hate it, his it's voice. gonna happen. At, at one point, uh, all the girls get upset with we we sort of glossed over this. So the the girls get upset with Zach for manipulating them, and then they get upset with Slater for manipulating them. So uh, they uh, they say we're gonna fucking bounce. And then they tell um, the pineapple the princess. They tell, they tell the pineapple princess, Carmen Screech Miranda, that, uh, that those two guys even make him look good. And so he says, he says some some horseshit in Hawaiian, and he says uh, that means thanks for being slime balls. And he sounds like a character from like the Rats or something. Like it's terrible. It's just, there's just so much water in his mouth. There's so much bubbly, syrupy spit in there while he's saying words. Do you think his voice was like that, or did they tell him, did they tell him to make his voice like that? Like, I don't know, I feel like maybe he just, like, had all of his teeth pulled out that same day, and was like, <laughs> They made him do it for the show. <laughs> his teeth for the rest of the show were dentures, and they just, like, made him have all of his teeth removed. I don't know, I feel like the, the 
I don't want to give anything away, but like later on, like later Screech is so much more tolerable to, to like have on the screen and like he's not as so it gets better it gets better sort of i am i mean like it's not it like he's exists. really getting to me he's yeah. this weird well he's like uh eraser head fetus baby is like really <laughs> starting <laughs> to get to me in my nightmare he's he's like a well i mean it's like he's like a kid who skipped grades and hasn't been socialized he doesn't understand how to talk to these people yeah and he doesn't understand even how to be with these people. They probably weren't super nice to him. He's just a little kid. Yeah, we talked about this. Like, you know, all the other all the other kids are like, you know, yeah. a couple two couple years older than him, at least, if not several years older. Yeah, than and him. he's just forced to humiliate himself again and again and again in front of a bunch of really attractive teenagers that are older than exactly. him and cooler than him. Yeah. And he's just forced to humiliate himself again and again. And he's painfully unattractive. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> he is... was never he wasn't like the cool twelve year old who got to be on the T V show. He was the kid who probably got picked on his whole life and then he's thrust into the situation where he's just a fucking piece of human garbage. Yeah. And he, around yeah. all these like supermodels. Yeah. These supermodel sociopaths. Yeah. yeah. Just I mean they were torturing him. They were torturing this him. This is a really interesting way to watch the show. Like if you want if you sort of try to watch it from the perspective of Screech being brutalized. Yeah. For his, his like It's like a really years. sick Truman show. It's just like a sick as fuck <laughs> Truman show where like it, this show would be more believable to me if it was some kind of giant social experiment on Dustin Diamond. Like that would make more sense than it does. Well, right generally now. it kind of is because at this point in the show uh, Mario Lopez, Elizabeth Berkley, Tiffany Amber Theason, and Lark Voorhees have clearly gone through puberty. Mark Paul Gossler and Dustin Diamond are clearly the only ones who have not gone through it. And, and it's weird because when the you second... You think Mark Paul Gossler... He, he definitely is not because his, his voice hasn't oh, dropped. and you'll know. And oh. you'll, 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 you will know. I mean, like, there's... And, and what's weird about it is... Like, he becomes a, a, better, bi- a you viable have fresh, biological part. fresh laundry on hand. That's yeah. Saying. It's gonna get <laughs> wet... <laughs> <laughs> Will he be able to compete I'm, I'm, with Ace? I'm, 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 I'm her husband. Get wet. <laughs> I'm her husband. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but but the, the, slowing it down. Saying the word pussy slowly the, is fun. The, the 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 weirdest the weirdest part about it is Say that Patton really slow. Patton pussy. <laughs> But the weirdest part about it is that, like, it happens the same summer. Like, Mark Gossler is like two or three years older than Dustin Diamond. But in the at the beginning of the second season, really, both of their voices drop. You know, maybe they were um, shooting Screech with steroids at that point. (laughs) Like, we've got to, we've (laughs) got to change this fucking game. They were shooting them directly into his cheeks. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, we gotta age this kid. Get him to start smoking cigarettes, anything, to just like fucking drop his voice. <laughs> so, uh, for the next episode, Leslie, episode seven is called The Substitute, um, which is pretty straightforward in terms of what that might be about. A substitute teacher. Indeed. Um, the episode is actually, um, it actually involves almost all of the characters. It's not really centric on any particular character. I would say that it really focuses the most on all of the girls, Mm. um, which might give you a sense for it being kind of a hot substitute teacher. Um, And then how Zach and Slater may may or may not deal with that. Um, (laughs) So actually, this one's kind of nice because Screech is a little bit in the backseat on this one. Oh, God. So... That's 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 our episode. Um, <laughs> thank you, Leslie, for being part of this episode. Thank you, You're welcome for being uh, a guest on our on our podcast. Absolutely, I I look forward to never getting invited. To <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and we're Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time. See you later. Bye. Are you sure we're not overdoing this? Huh? Hey, Dad. Zach needs to be taught a lesson. It's just like his home office. In general, Pat. 
Hey, y'all make Kevin look like a pansy. <laughs> I bet he said pussy like the first yeah. seven takes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make Adam look like a pussy. <laughs> that would be That'd a really be a great line. <laughs> <laughs> I'll That'd be make such a good <laughs> Look like a pussy. Okay, we gotta go back. I feel like we missed it. Like Zach's needs to be taught a lesson and never forget. I want him to think he's meeting General Pat. Hey, y'all make Kevin Pat look, look like, like a pussy. pussy. <laughs> yeah. This totally defeated the purpose of rewinding. <laughs> go back and go back again. Go back again. <laughs> I'm <laughs> 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 <laughs>